I'm not really a person that's looking for a lot of spotlight or a lot of attention, really. But I think what it really is important to me and what always has been important to me is writing really good music. And, you know, that's my part. Most of us have two lives. The life we live and the unlived life within us. Nothing's perfect and there's going to be a price for everything. What's the point if you're not really feeling Welcome to The Resistance, featuring meaningful conversations. We live in a condition of a constant murmuring. Like, that just doesn't happen for anyone. That explore that very space between who we are and who we say we want to be. I'm your host, Matt Connor. More than one songwriter over the years has described their compositions as a snapshot before. But a song from Jill Andrews truly feels like a captured moment in time. Each release of hers is a photo album documenting the personal stories and scenes that have inspired her to write about them. What makes Jill's music so resonant is the way that her stories mirror that of the listener. Her struggles give language to our struggles. Her insights provide a way forward for our own problems. And her wrestling makes us feel less alone in our own battles. It's really a true gift, and somehow it all comes across so easily. On this episode of The Resistance, we'll find out that Jill's songwriting process really is that easy, or at least somewhat magical. But there are other parts of being an artist that have proven to be difficult, and she says she's learning what it means to even ask for what she wants as she prepares to release another album entitled Modern Age this August. Our discussion with Jill takes a number of turns, from her ability to differentiate herself from her music to some subjects that are too personal to write about. And just as her music finds a way to effortlessly connect, we've no doubt that her insight into creativity and the resistance will do the same. Hello and welcome to The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor and I'm your host. Today sitting across from me digitally is musician Jill Andrews. Jill, how are you today, by the way? I'm great. Yeah, thanks for asking. Appreciate you carving out the time and space to do this. A lot to talk about, a new album coming up with Modern Age, but we'd love to start every episode with our source material from Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. Stephen writes this, most of us have two lives the life we live, and the unlived life within us. And between the two of those stands the resistance. Usually we talk about that in a creative way, but just curious how that strikes you in the life you lived and maybe the life that you want to be living or what is yet unlived. And and what does resistance look like for you? Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm fighting this all the time. All like the life that I want to be living and the life that I'm actually living. I feel like I am living a really good life, but there's so many more things I want to do. And, and I think my biggest resistance is just, it's been worthiness. Like if I, you know, I think for a long time, I haven't felt worthy of greatness worthy of the the great things that I'm that I really want um, and the things that like the big goals and the big dreams um, so I, I would say that's my my biggest resistance 
I mean, are you okay to take me more into that? I mean, that seems like a personal thing. And yeah, very. You know, you've been doing this for a long time, so obviously you found a way to work within that resistance or to yeah. to hold its hand at least in some way and move forward. Mm-hmm. But does that go back for a way, or how, like how paralyzing has that been, or how um, limiting maybe is the better word? Yeah, I, it's something that I've struggled with for a long time. I mean, some people would call it like self esteem issues or. Um, uh, yeah, just just not totally valuing yourself. And I think um, it does. It goes back a long way. And I um, it has held me back a lot. I've I've learned to to work through it every single day. I, it gets better all the time. I feel like I'm on a upward trajectory with it because I work really, really hard. But it's you know, it's tricky. I don't know exactly where it came from. But uh, it, I think just, you know, I think it's held me back in relationships, especially I can really look at some relationships that I've had and gone and just go like, well, that wasn't ever good. You know, that wasn't ever good enough, but it was okay. And so I just stayed in that okay for so long um, because it was working on some level. Yeah, that I don't know. That that's kind of how it it looks in my in my personal life. It's a it's a tricky thing. Do you do you deal with any of that? Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like anyone involved with this or or even listening would be able to, you know, sort of shake their heads, you know, with some of that and Yeah. I I I think so yes, yes would be my answer to you there. What what makes this so interesting to me is that you've you have a profession in which there is the demand to at least be confident enough to say, hey, this thing that I'm thinking, this thing that I've labored toward is worth all of your attention. And I'm going to put it out, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, sometimes even like I'm going to hire someone to, to say it for me, like to put it out even further, PR, whatever, right? Yeah. And so there has to be at least some confidence in you mm-hmm. to like stand on a stage or to put something out into the public sphere while at the same time, then also harboring this other side or, or having this duality at work. Like how much of that tension do you feel like even on a, on an album like modern age that's on the verge of coming out? Yeah, I, I do have, I do have confidence in what I, in what I do. Um, I I definitely do. And it is a weird duality to be able to stand on a stage in front of hundreds of people with uh, an acoustic guitar and (laughs) and play, you know, and sing and feel really like I'm in the right place. I can say that firmly that is how I feel when I'm on stage. I think it's um, I think it's not the making of the music, really. I do feel really confident in writing, in writing lyrics and melodies and in, in the writing process, I feel really confident. I think it, for me in my career, it's kind of looked like being afraid to ask for things, you know, like being afraid to say, Hey, I want to play these really big venues. And I want to, I want to open for, you know, really big artists. And I want to, um, I want to, just like all the all the dreams that you know an artist like me would have 
because I've had the experience of of people kind of looking at me and going, well, you know, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and I think for me, that is like, it's the most kind of stinging feeling, you know, and it's hard to work through. It's really hard to work through. But I, I've been growing a whole lot as a person recently. Like, I feel like something has really turned around in my brain. And um, yeah, I think I, I've, I've kind of figured out some sort of formula where I'm like, no, that's bullshit. You know, that's bullshit. And I, I'm going to fight for myself like more than I ever have. I, I love that. That sounds very healthy. That impulse. Yeah. Can you take me to like, can you take me to the genesis of that? Like, like, like when did you start to feel that turn? You know, honestly, I'm a super, super sensitive person. I'm very empathetic. What I mean by that is I'm an, I'm an empath basically. And I think, I think being a sensitive person that's been a gift for me in a lot of ways with songwriting. It's been a real gift because I can really step inside the shoes of my subject matter, whether it's me or someone else and like embody their feelings, you know, at least what I think their feelings would be. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's been a real gift, but I, I would say I've also had moments in my life where I felt down, you know, not severely down. I, I really don't have much to complain about in that department, but I went through a period of time where I was just feeling really raw and, and I just kind of felt like I needed a little bit of help. So I started taking an antidepressant um, and it was just like a really small dose and it was a very short period of time. It was like six months. And during that six months, it, gave me this, like, it kind of gave me a leg up, you know, just, and this is not me, like, you know, I'm not trying to like proselytize, uh, <laughs> antidepressants or anything. This is my own personal experience, but it was just enough to kind of give me like a firm foundation for just a short period of time where I could kind of like look up and look around and go, wait, everything's cool. I'm I'm doing good and I it really gave me time to work on my my self-worth. You know, to be like great I guess grateful for all the things that I have and for where I'm at in my life, for my family, my I mean I have an amazing family. And then after about 6 months I started feeling just kind of, I, I don't know, it just kind of left me with this numb feeling where I, I just, I didn't like that. You know, I, I didn't feel as alive as I wanted to feel. And so I stopped taking it, of course, under, under doctor's orders, but um, I stopped taking it. And after that, it's been a, probably about a month now, I just feel like I gained something during all of that. And now I'm ready to just like, I don't know, just go out there and like kick ass. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it, Matt. I just feel ready to like take take the world by the horns <laughs> and be like, listen to my music, damn it. <laughs> this is all very recent then. Yeah. I mean, you're describing 23 and all this. Yeah. Yeah. It's very recent. Yeah. How much, like so much of what you're describing, uh, I mean, one, congratulations on this. Thanks. 
like I, I could, I mean, I'm glad, you know, for you to be in this healthy space. Thank you. I feel good. Yeah. It makes me curious about the industry that you're in and the town that you inhabit, right? You're like, you're in Nashville now, right? Yes. Where is originally home for you? Originally normal Illinois, the most boring hometown name ever. <laughs> With Bloomington, right? Like yeah, the university yeah. there. Uh huh. So you, uh, is it safe to assume that Nashville was a musical move then? Yes, but I, I didn't really, I, I lived in Illinois until I was about seven and then my family moved to East Tennessee. So I've been in Tennessee for so long, but I moved to Nashville in uh, 2012 and it was definitely, a, it was a musical decision. Yeah. How, how much of what you're describing, some of the, some of the battles, the, you know, the battles to you. You know, hey, I, now I feel grateful for where I'm at. Now I feel good about what I have, what I've accomplished and, and my career and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to complain. How much of that is hard to maintain because of both the demands of the industry and what it what it asks you for or or the way comparison is so easy, you know, to line up my streams versus theirs, my accomplishments versus theirs, my tour dates versus like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mostly what I was saying, it wasn't that I feel, I mean, I do feel really grateful for where I'm at, you know, but mostly what I was saying was I feel really grateful for who I am and who I've become as a person. Yeah. And the rest of it is there's so much external information, you know, happening all the time. And it, it causes a lot of, you know, people to feel all the roller coastery emotions of, well, I'm not doing this, you know, I'm not doing great on Spotify, but I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm doing terrible on my TikTok or whatever. And so <laughs> that's not really what I'm talking about. That stuff is hard, but I guess I just, what I meant was, I just feel like I kind of woke up from all that feeling really grateful to be, to be me and, and, you know, just to be me. And I think everything else, I guess I can just really like ask for more now. I can ask for more of the things that I want with more confidence because I feel like, I guess I just feel like I did, like I kind of deserve them. (laughs) I don't know. It feels egotistical to say that, but I've just worked so hard, you know, and I, I wouldn't have been able to say, I deserve a lot before, but I think I, I, I can now with confidence say, yeah, I'm good at my job. <laughs> you know, I'm really good at it. <laughs> I, I want to go back for just a second, but I want to clarify here. Mm-hmm. When you say asking, like, who are you asking and for what? Mm. All, you know, I think industry folks, folks I work with, when I have an idea that I want to go through or to be tried, all the people I work with, you know, I want to play this venue. I want to, I want to, whatever it is, I want to start a podcast or, you know, it's just like, I think I've, I've struggled in my life with, I guess with needing, needing, feeling like I need permission from people, but also I think validation has been extremely important to me. And I mean, it continues to be for better or for worse. And so having the support and the encouragement of people that are excited around me is extremely important to me. 
So does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. You know, I, I, I just didn't want to leave that vague. Yeah. Yeah. You, you clarified earlier, you said, Hey, these things I'm talking about, I mean them personally. I'm for my personal life, my personal self, my, my own family and who I am versus like what I do. Mm-hmm. That clarification sounded like a very healthy differentiation where you're able to say, because you called the other part hard. You said that stuff is actually hard. Oh, yeah, it is. But you're sitting there very peaceful and grateful. Yeah. Like, when did that happen for you? Your ability to look at the industry and go, that is that doesn't define me. And it can be hard, but I can still find a goodness away from that because I feel like therein lies a lot of struggle or resistance for a lot of people. You know, I think for a long time I've felt, I've felt that separation for whatever reason. And I, I haven't worried too much about being the next big thing or, you know, the things that a lot of people do worry about. And I think part of that has been really healthy And I think part of it has been kind of detrimental, you know, because (laughs) I guess you have to have those really big lofty goals in order to meet those really big lofty goals. And I think part of me has, part of me has just been good with like being settled with what I have, you know, because I'm not, I'm not really a person that's like, looking for a lot of spotlight or a lot of attention really but i think it's it what it really is important to me and what always has been important to me is writing really good music and you know that's my part writing really good music and making albums and then the other part is um it's up to other people you know like whether whether it gets heard or not and and that is that is really important to me too I love that you've had that all, all along there. That that sounds very healthy. And it sounds like a real gift because a lot of people don't have that and wrestle with that, you know, making everything so personal, even if it's out of their control with regards to the industry, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, obviously, I want to talk about the new album and want to want to talk about the, the songwriting processes there. Yeah. As a songwriter, going to that practice of, you know, writing lyrics, melody, like whatever that looks like for you. Has that always been a primary place that you've gone to figure out what you think about various things? Like, has that been a primary outlet for you your whole life? It has. I I really didn't start writing music until I was about 19, but I wrote poetry and short stories and things like that before, before that. And yes, I would say writing is a great way for me to yeah, to process my, the things that happen in my life, for sure. My songwriting is always very personal and it's a good free form of therapy for me. I I love that you, I love that you said it feels personal because it does feel personal. And I think therein is the gift for the listener or the audience, but it also makes me wonder public consumption of something personal can kind of live on that tightrope. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if there's ever like in processing your own personal experiences, are there ever something, there ever moments where you're writing and you think like, oh, yeah, I may write this, but I'm never, this will never be recorded. You know, like, the, like it's almost too personal in, in that way. Or do you find that there is no limit there? 
I mean, I think there are there are definitely filters. There there are certain things I don't want to talk about or I don't know. Mostly it's probably because I don't want my parents to hear it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> sure. I don't want to drop I don't necessarily want to drop F bombs. Um <laughs> Also, I don't want my kids kids to hear it like, "Wait, we're not supposed to cuss." Like, "Why are you cussing?" So, yeah, and I yeah, I guess I kind of have a a complicated romantic history as well. And some of that history involves my kids, like, you know, parents. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it can be tricky. I, I, I do have to hold back a little bit. But, you know, if you're familiar with my music, it's, I haven't held back a whole lot, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I could see where some of that could get sticky with the like, navigating the real life ramifications of what you're like saying from a stage every night or putting out. Yeah. Is is there much discovery on an album like Modern Age? Like as you're processing childhood and writing the songs, are you discovering as it's coming out? Like, Oh, I guess that is how I feel about that. Definitely. Um, I, I started writing the songs for Modern Age when I traveled back to my hometown in Johnson City, Tennessee, which is East Tennessee. And it's one of the most, it's just a beautiful place. And I, I guess that was a huge realization for me because I, you know, I was a kid there. I was even an adult there, but for some reason, when I went back decades later, I just, you can kind of stand in one place and just do a 360 and see mountains all around you. It's so beautiful. And I, being, being a parent to, to two kids, I have a seven-year-old and a 14-year-old, it really, like walking through my old, my childhood neighborhood and, and just kind of remembering all the freedom that I had, my parents just let me, they just let me run, run wild around the neighborhood with my friends. And I had a lot of friends around the neighborhood. I'd go from you know, my friend Katie Ann's house to my friend Lisa's house to my friend Justin's house. Like <laughs> I would just be all over the place on my scooter, on my bike, on my rollerblades. And I just, I think comparing, comparing now and my own kids' lives to my own childhood, it's, it's such a stark difference. And it makes me really, it makes me sad for them because I had, I just had so much freedom and I think that, um, and I had the, I just wanted to like explore, you know, I wanted to explore. And I think a lot of that has gotten lost with technology, the need to explore because you can do that on a screen so easily. And so there's just not as much excitement out there. And I don't know, it's like my parents never arranged play dates for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a common thing now and i it's it's so it's so much extra work for parents and i hate it you know but yeah i just i would just show up at my friends houses and their parents knew me and they'd be like hey jill come on in you want some doritos or (laughs) whatever (laughs) did you find like when you were there like were the songs stirring from that moment like as you're there and experiencing these emotions like was it pretty clear to you then, like, oh, this is going to be a well, like my time here or my my reflections on being here are going to be fodder for probably what's next? 
You know, I I wasn't thinking about it like that when I was there. I think I was just really trying to be in the moment and just just visiting my old house and and walking my old my old streets and looking at the the woods that I used to play in and just kind of just kind of sitting with those memories a little bit. So the writing came later when I when I came back home. Hmm. So what does that process look like? Is that do you have a pretty like devoted process or a predictable process where you're like, okay, now's the time and these are the feelings I've been having and let me marry those two? Or is it, is it more less disciplined than that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's more random than that. I think for me, when I sit down with the guitar, whenever that, whenever that is, you know, it's not, I don't have a set time. I don't, I probably should, honestly, Matt, <laughs> but I I just sit down with my guitar whenever it feels right, I guess, um, whenever there's time. And and those, I think I just start playing, you know, I just start playing something. And it's not like I even sat down and I thought, well, I'm going to write a song about my, my friend, you know, who passed away from my childhood. I just, it just comes out. Like, I, I don't want to make it sound... <laughs> too magical, but it is, I, I sit and I play chords and I start humming a melody and the melody reminds me of things. And it's just kind of all, it's all kind of all jumbled up in my head. I think the, the thoughts are, it's kind of whatever's most present in my head that I end up writing about, you know, the, the things that are kind of lingering and, and might be a little bit hard. You said you don't want to make it to be too magical, but, but is it magical to you? I mean, that sounds magical to me. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is. I mean, it kind <laughs> of is. I, I guess I just said that because some people are just like, I don't know. It just hits me. And it's like, well, that doesn't help anybody, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, you don't have to help anyone with this. You know, I just, I wonder what it is like for you. Yeah. It's both, you know, it's both kind of magical and hard work. You know, it's like the sitting down and and the getting all the lyrics right. You know, I don't like that word. I don't like that word. I don't really like how that melody rises there. I'd rather it fall. You know, it's just like all those little intricacies. So it, yeah, it's both. So it, it sounds like on the front end, you're more like laissez-faire about it. Like when it comes, it comes. Yeah. But when something is happening... Are you more like, are you, are you pretty harsh in that editorial process or, or like that's where the labor really comes in? Yeah, I, I think I am. I, I don't really know who to compare it to, but I rarely just, yeah, it definitely take, there's a lot of re not reruns. What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but like revision revisions. Yes. There's a lot of revisions. What I, what I really like to do is I like to write a song or at least write part of a song and then kind of pause and then come back to it the next day and then write some more, change some things, stop, come back to it the next day. And I feel like after three or four days of that, I, you know, if it's good enough to work on it that long, then it, then it's, I always really like the end product. You know, <laughs> I really, I like that. One more for you here. We we're talking about asking earlier yeah. And it just made me wonder if you had specifics there. Like if you could if you could put something out there of like, you know what I'd love to ask for right now 
where I'm at in my career, modern age coming out. Yeah. Like, what would you ask for? I would ask for, out of all the things, Matt, I would ask for, I would ask for a million people to listen to one of my songs. Mm. Just like sometime soon. (laughs) Which song? Well, 80s Baby. I think is a really, I think that's a really good one. For me, that's a song about, about my, my childhood and, and the, the differences between then and now, and just kind of comparing it all. Everything we were just talking about, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. That one um, comes out soon. When you said that, how did that feel? A little scary and kind of dumb, but good. Feels good to, feels good to say what you want. You've been listening to The Resistance. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app. And for more information or further episodes, you can find us at listentotheresistance.com. Audio production by Isaac Vining. Theme music by Jake Patrick. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening.